Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. Think about it. Most of what you have and how you progress is down to persuasion, the ability to convince another party to accept your ideas. So how do you improve your persuasion skills? Well, it might come down to what bird type you are. Stay with me. This is fascinating. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Michelle Bowden is an authority on presenting persuasively in business. She helps people banish their nerves and win over their audiences. Her new book, published by Wiley, is How to Persuade, the skills you need to get what you want. In it, she outlines the four persuasion types we all adopt to varying degrees. The wise owl, the commanding eagle, the friendly budgie, and the captivating peacock. Developing strengths across each type will help you persuade better. Michelle shows you how in a moment. First, Chris Ashmore asks whether some people are just naturally more persuasive than others. Some people are more naturally persuasive than others, and I think that's just a function of the fact that they've probably had role models around them and they didn't realise they were learning the skills by osmosis. For example, my three children are all very persuasive, and that's because I'm an expert in Australia on persuasion, so (laughs) they can't not learn. They're watching me all the time, even when they don't really want to. What are some common persuasion mistakes people make? The main mistake, I think, is that we forget to ask for what we want. And we just assume that the other person can read our mind. As a very wise family therapist once said to me, Chris, men can't read your mind. (laughs) Very wise. (laughs) And, you know, it's not just men that can't read your mind. It's anyone. (laughs) No one can read your mind. Your kids can't read your mind. Your boss can't read your mind. Your clients can't read your mind. No one can read your mind. So unless you are clearly articulating exactly what it is you want the other person to think, feel and do, you can't be sure that they actually understood what you wanted from them. You, you want your call to action in a persuasive moment to be clear and explicit so that the person feels they could either say yes or no to it, not maybe I might do it. So that's the first mistake. You must be very clear about asking what you want. The other thing that I think people do is they're just not passionate enough about their matter. If you're finding this boring and dry and technical, well, then your client or your stakeholder is going to find it boring, dry and technical. If you want them to be excited, you have to be excited yourself. The other big mistake is that sometimes in an attempt to be passionate, people actually go too far and now they become pushy and none of us love a pushy salesperson. There is a a fine line between being passionate and being a bit too much over the top and I think it's very important that we all remember that we should read the room and there is a line and we shouldn't cross over the line because we'll just repel the stakeholder if we're too full on. Mm. At risk of sounding like a cynic, is there a difference between persuasion and manipulation? Yeah, it's a great question and you're not cynical at all. In fact, do you know, Chris, it's probably the most commonly asked question. Influence is the discipline and there are five main ways that we go about influencing the people around us. Two of the ways are aggressive, that's forcing and directing. Two of the ways are passive, that's modelling and guiding. And then the middle approach is the assertive approach and that's persuasion. 
So if you think of that along a continuum with the aggressive at one end of the continuum, the passive at the other end of the continuum, and then that persuasive, assertive approach is in the middle. So you cannot be simultaneously persuasive and manipulative. If you're manipulating, what's happened there is you've shifted out of the assertive approach to influence and you've moved into either the aggressive approach or the passive approach. But if you're in that assertive space, then you are persuading and that is not manipulation. You don't want to have a misuse of your personal positional power, which is what happens when you're being passive or aggressive. Now, in your book, you've developed four persuasive types. Can you run us through what they are? Yes, I can. So there are four types and hilariously, we've named them after a bird, not because we want to be accused of pop psychology, just because the birds that I'll tell you about in a sec, their characteristics are so familiar to all of us and they perfectly map to the characteristics of each of the four persuasive approaches. So the first one is called the wise owl. They have an innate drive to persuade by establishing message credibility. So they're characterized by words like analytical, logical, rational, sober, Then the second approach is called the commanding eagle and these people have an innate drive to persuade by establishing personal credibility. In other words, they need to have the authority. They are characterised by words like confident, believable, trustworthy, experienced, expert. So these are the people that have got the runs on the board and you just trust them because they know the best way forward. Then the third type is called the friendly budgie. Friendly budgies have an innate drive to persuade by establishing goodwill. Budgies are characterised by words like kind, warm, caring, thoughtful. Budgies are really good at connecting with other people. And then the fourth type is called the captivating peacock. As you well know, if you think about a peacock, you know, peacocks have an innate drive to persuade by establishing passion and enthusiasm for the matter. (laughs) They sweep people up with their charm and charisma. Yeah, so words like captivating and exciting and expressive and words like that uh, for the peacock. Mm. Do we all have certain elements of these birds or are we one particular bird? We all have an interest in all four approaches and the research is telling us that we tend to have a preference or favour, one, two, sometimes even three of those four approaches. Some people are extreme in their personality. So the other day I was working with a girl in the pharmaceutical industry and she was off the charts a wise owl with hardly any of the other three in her. And then she had colleagues in the same room that were almost equal across all four. And then there were people who were friendly budgies and those people were extraordinarily high in that and not as high in the others. So we do tend to have all sorts of different preferences, uh, combinations of preferences. And what that means is if you're trying to be persuasive, the funny thing is, isn't it, that we try often to persuade other people in the way that we ourselves would be persuaded, but we're not trying to persuade ourselves, Chris. <laughs> you know, we already agree with the idea. It's that we've got to persuade the other person. So it's all about flexing and adapting your style to work out what is it that that other person needs and then using the approach that's best going to persuade them. 
So if you want to be more persuasive, what you've got to do is work out what are the actions of all four birds and slowly but surely build your persuasive muscles so that you're slowly turning each of those behaviors for all the different birds into your habits. And then you won't even have to think about it when you're persuading. You'll naturally do what is required in that communication scenario. Well, do you have any examples of those changes to behavior that you suggest that you should improve upon? Absolutely. The good news is there are 40 actions, but some of the things are so simple that you could do. So for example, a wise owl needs a logical, rational argument. So using rhetorical questions. So asking things like, why are we here today? So what is the challenge we're facing? How will we implement this? Or how will we resolve this? And what happens if we don't do this? If you ask those rhetorical questions and then you answer them straight away, it makes it so easy for a wise owl to follow your logical, rational argument and then buy into it and say yes. Eagles need personal authority, personal credibility personal runs on the board is what I always say about the eagle. So using a credibility formula, making sure everybody knows that you have experience. Eagles need to feel that you have authority and credibility in the matter. If you don't boast a little bit about yourself, but in a way that doesn't come across as boasting, then they won't necessarily trust you. Budgies need eye contact. If you don't give great eye contact, if you don't remember their name, if you don't remember things about them, then they won't be persuaded by you. The budgies, the the famous saying of the budgie is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. You do have to connect and show that you've got their best interests at heart. And then peacocks, all the world's a stage, the famous Shakespeare quote. If you want to excite a peacock, then you need to be very clear when you're persuading what is your emotional objective, that is, What's the journey emotionally that you're going to take your stakeholder on? You might want them to be worried that they don't have your service or your product. Then optimistic that maybe your service or product can help their problem and then relieved that, in fact, you can help their problem and then compelled to buy it or try it and then pleased that they did. So what's the emotional objective that you're going to be taking those stakeholders on? And peacocks will really love that. They also, of course, love a good story. So you can see there's altogether there's 40. That's just four things. There are so many little things that you can do like that that just instantly make you more persuasive no matter which bird you're presenting to. That was Michelle Bowden, author of How to Persuade, the skills you need to get what you want. Business Essentials Daily is a Sound Cartel podcast. Producers are Nick Schilberger, Chris Ashmore, Jeff Waters and myself. Technical production by Pete Letts and Belinda Trimboli. I'm Nicole Goodman. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you more B-Daily next week. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.